0: You know, we've been going through this Dreaming series, and uh, we've discovered through this series that, that God has a dream. Every one of us has dreams, and God has a dream. And the dream of God is this, is that every man, whether boy or girl, man or woman, young or old, will one, will one day come back to God. You see, when sin came into this world, Adam sinned, Eve sinned, and God and man were together, and when sin came suddenly God and man were separated. And God's dream, His eternal dream, is that every man, every person, will come back to God in relationship with God. And so in week one, we discovered that this dream is all centered around one thing, and that's the church of Jesus Christ. God has entrusted in the church the way that this dream can live. And through the church... He he, 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 was dreaming, he has been dreaming of a church that is firstly passionate about him. Because he knows that where there is passion, there is people who are attracted to passion. And when there is an impassionate church, then, he, then people see that there is something worthwhile about God and about coming into this life of Jesus Christ. Then last week we talked about that the church, God is also dreaming of a church that is committed to one another. And the reason for this is because when the world, a broken, lonely world, sees a church that is committed to one another, that converses with one another, that comes and helps one another, that grows together and disciples one another, they will look on that church and they will see something that they're missing in their life. And that is something called spiritual, godly community. And they will come into that church. Well, today we're going to look at the third part of this dream of God's. And if this dream lives, and the church lives, and the church becomes what it really could and should be, then your dreams will start to live as well. Because it's out of the church that hope is bringing, is brought to our lives. It's through the church that lives are restored, lives are changed, and people find their way back to God. And the third part of this dream is this. I believe that God is dreaming of a church that is passionate about reaching out. Very simple, about passionate, about reaching out. Now, when I mean reaching out, I don't mean outreach. Now, for church folks here this morning, and I'm a church folk, you know, I grew up in church, and, uh, and we always talked about outreach, 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 all the time. And what an outreach was, it was like three or four times a year, we would get together as a church, and we would throw a fall harvest festival and then we would inspect the whole community to come into our church, and then we would give a little, you know, we'd have all these fun and games, Then we'd give a little five minute spiel about how they need God in their lives. Another another thing that we would call an outreach would be, you know, we would have, uh, uh, we, we would go to a homeless shelter, and we would go there, and we would spend 20 minutes there, we'd give them meals, and then we would leave, and we would like That's our good deed, that's our outreach for the next quarter that we're going to do. Some others, they they, they would have maybe, I don't know, a, a small group in their church for single mothers. And they would have a support group. And we would say, yeah, we're reaching out to the single mothers, and this is our outreach. Well, I'm not talking about outreach this morning. I'm talking about reaching out. And there's a whole difference between outreach and reaching out. You see, outreach is something that you do... Uh, is a ministry of the church. You know, the church has a ministry, an outreach ministry. But reaching out is something that I believe that God desires every one of us to do on a daily basis. As much as you do on a daily basis, different things. You eat on a daily basis. Some of us eat too much on a daily basis. Maybe some of us don't eat enough on a daily basis. You know... We brush our teeth on a daily basis, unless you're British, and then, you know, you've got bad teeth, and so there's no point, you know, and uh, so, no, I'm kidding, and uh, us British people, we do clean our teeth, and, uh, you know, there's so many different things that you do on a daily basis, and I believe God is wanting you to reach out on a daily basis, just as you do those things as you eat, as you go to the bathroom, as you clean your teeth. God is wanting you to reach out. And this is what I mean about reaching out. I don't mean an outreach. I don't mean every day that you're going and you're going to the homeless shelter and feeding the poor. I mean this. Reaching out is opening your eyes and seeing people who are in need or have a need and doing all you can to meet that need. It doesn't mean that, you know, every time you see someone in need you pull out ten bucks from your wallet and you give them you know, because by the end of the day, you're going to be broken. You'll have nothing left in your bank account. And, uh, but what it means, it means meet, helping somebody to meet that need that they have. And we're going to look this morning at just a few ways in the Bible that we see that needs were met and how God intended for us as people of the church, in the church, as people who have come back into relationship with God, We know what it means to reach out. You know, lately, I've seen it in the news, there have been so many different ways that people have have reached out. You know, Bono, lead singer of U2, he, like, creates these movements, these big worldwide movements of reaching out to people who haven't got clean water or people in Africa who are starving. You know, we we, we see... uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt reaching out to all the orphans in China and adopting them all and bringing them all into their home, you know, and having like a child from every nationality and reaching out to them. You know, we, we, see, we see so many different celebrities and different famous people trying to reach out. I mean, even Obama won the like, Nobel Peace Prize last year. I don't know what for, but he did. And, uh, you know, reaching out. But, you know, This world can reach out to people, and they can make a difference. But when the church reaches out, it brings on a new form. It doesn't just make a difference, just in one life or two lives, but when the church decides to reach out, then it becomes transformational and it becomes life-changing. It doesn't just change your lives, it changes the landscape of communities. And And if we just got together as a little group and started to reach out to this community, the landscape of this community would change forever. Because when a church reaches out, there is life. It brings life and it brings hope. And a church that reaches out changes lives and transforms lives. So let's have a quick look just about what reaching out is. I mean, what we can... We can look at it in, in our lives. And if you've got your Bibles this morning, there's just a few different scriptures that we're going to look at. But the first one is in Proverbs chapter 3. And Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27 and 28 says this. It says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it. When it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. If it's in your power now to help your neighbor, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. The proverb is saying, if you see someone who is in need, who needs help, and you have the ability to help them somewhat, then help them right away. Touch their lives right away. That is what reaching out is all about. See a need, do everything you can, To meet that need. And we see here, we see here, it talks about a neighbor. It says, if you can help your neighbor now. Now, for most of us, when we think about neighbor, we think about the person who lives next door to us, we think about the person who lives in the same street as us. Now, in biblical terms, the neighbor kind of meant something a little different. In the Bible, The neighbor basically meant somebody who you occasionally cross paths with or your lives cross paths with, but you really didn't have a relationship with that person. The people that you had a relationship with were often called brothers and sisters. So in the Bible, if you see, you know... You know, somebody reached out to their brother or sister. It wasn't their physical brother and sister. It was often somebody who was close to, to, to them. And I would say people here this morning, you're my brothers and sisters, you know. And uh, if we lived in Arkansas, we probably literally would be brothers and sisters. And, uh, but we don't live in Maryland. So, you know, f- fig- figuratively speaking, you're my brothers and sisters. But yet, when I go down to the gas station down the road, And I'm pumping gas and there's a guy who pulls up next to me. I have no idea who that guy is. Suddenly, he is my neighbor. We have crossed paths for a moment in time. And I believe that God is desiring a church that will not just reach out to its brothers and sisters. And we talked about that last week. But it will be a church that will reach out to their neighbors. People who they cross paths with for just a certain period of time. And so today, let's look at three ways that we can help our neighbor. Or I believe that God is dreaming of a church that will help their neighbor. And the first one is this very simple. I believe that God is dreaming of a church that reaches out to those in need. Reaches out to those in need. You know, when Jesus walked this earth, he had one task, and one task only. And that was to reconcile man and God together. And we discussed last week and the week before, reconciliation means bringing back together something that has just been teared apart, a relationship that's been teared apart. And so when Jesus came to this world, he came in order to bring man and God back together. But yet Jesus wasn't so single-minded and focused that he ignored everything else that was going on. You see, when Jesus walked this world... He suddenly started to see the needs of the people of this world. He didn't just see people who were, who, who were away from God. He saw people who had physical needs. He saw people who had emotional needs. He saw people who had financial needs, family needs, every single need that you can think of. Jesus started seeing people with these needs. And as Jesus started walking around... He started seeing people who were just like himself, physically, who had needs. He looked at his mother, and he saw his mother had needs. He looked at his physical brothers and sisters, and he saw that they had needs. He looked at his friends, and he realized they had needs. He looked at their disciples, and he realized they had needs. He looked at the people he went to school with, they had needs. And suddenly as he started looking over these people, Jesus started getting filled with something called compassion. Very few of us ever possess compassion. You see, compassion isn't just feeling sorry for someone. Compassion is more than that. It's feeling sorry for someone, looking at them, seeing that they have a need. And compassion is something that goes and helps fulfill that need or fill that need. And we see that Jesus had compassion and it led to incredible results. And the first one is this. In uh, Matthew chapter 14 and verse 13 and 14, it says this. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, and the news was this, that 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 John the Baptist had died and that there were people who were trying to take his life. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left the boat and he went to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where Jesus was and headed there and followed him on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowds and stepped from the boats. And then it says this. He had compassion on them and healed the sick. He had compassion on them and healed the sick. Then in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 36, it says this. It says, when he saw the crowds, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. They were confused and helpless. Jesus had compassion on people who were just like him. People who were living around him, people who he socialized with, people who were following him, people who he administered to, people who he did everyday life with. He saw their needs. He first saw their physical needs and he had compassion. But then he also saw that these were people who were helpless and could not help themselves. And he had compassion on them. And so Jesus looked at the hurting. He looked at the people who didn't have answers. He looked at the broken. And instead of just ignoring them because he was so single minded, Jesus reached out his hand and did everything he could to touch them. Now, Jesus isn't like you and me. Jesus kind of had these supernatural powers that he would touch somebody, and if they were sick, he would get healed. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that and tried to touch someone if they're sick and, you know, if they got healed, then, hey, I want to talk to you because man, we can make some money together. No, I'm going to kidding. And, uh, But Jesus did things that would just blow our minds. Jesus was able to reach out and give so much more than whatever we could give. But yet the principle is still the same. Even though Jesus could really meet their needs, every one of us, we see people every day in our lives and we can somewhat meet their needs and help them. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a child, maybe it's a friend, a work colleague, maybe it's someone at school, wherever. You are able just to reach out and touch them. And I ask you today, do you have compassion on people when you look them in the face? When Jesus saw these people, he had compassion. Do you have compassion upon these people? Does your heart break just a little bit for people who are in need? You know, when there is a church whose hearts that break, that church will stop at nothing to reach the needs of people who are in need. You know, in, in James chapter 1, and verse 26 and 27, it says this, If you claim to be religious... But don't control your tongue. You are fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. He says this. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, refusing to let the world corrupt you. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God is helping widows and orphans. People in need. And we kind of don't like the word religion, religious. It's kind of got a stigma to it now when people think about it. But in all honesty, I mean, Christianity is a religion of this world. You know, I mean, there's lots of religions and people view Christianity as religion. And if you come to church, people will view you as religious. And religion isn't a bad term. It's just got a stigma. But in the sight of God, what religion really is, is helping the widows and the orphans and the people who cannot help themselves. And I ask you this week, as you go about your daily duties this week, you will see that work colleague who has a need. You will see that person, that friend who has a need. You will see that family member who has a need. And you may not be able to meet their need fully, but you can reach out your hand and you can help them. God, I believe, is dreaming of a church that will reach out to those in need. But I believe that God is dreaming of a church that will go a step further. It's all very well to reach out to our friends and our families. That's very commendable. We need to do that. But there comes a point where we see people who are totally different from ourselves who need a helping hand. And I believe that God is dreaming of a church that reaches out to those who are different. You know, you may be poor here today. And you see someone who's rich. And you think, I could never reach out to them. You may be rich. And you see someone who's poor, and you think, I can never reach out to them. You may have a beautiful home, and you see someone who's homeless, and you think, I can never reach out to them. Maybe you've never dealt with substance abuse in your life, but you see someone who is dealing with substance abuse, and you think, I can never reach out to them. God is asking a church, or He's wanting a church, and believing in a church that will reach out to people, who are on a totally different wavelength to what we're on. And every day our lives cross paths with people who are different from us. They may have different personalities. They may be a different race. They may be a different color, a different social status. They may even speak in a different accent like a British accent. They may just be people that we don't associate ourselves with. They're different from us. But these people have needs... And when Jesus Christ came to this world, He didn't just reach out to the people who were just like Him. He reached out to those who were totally different from Him. In Matthew chapter 1 and uh, verse 40 to 42, we see that Jesus reaches out His hand to a leper. Somebody who had leprosy. Those were the people who nobody associated themselves with. Because... You actually literally could catch something. You know, I always go to Ocean City. and Well, I don't go to Ocean City, and this is the reason why. It's because I walk along the boardwalk, and I'm thinking, I really could catch something on this boardwalk. And uh, who knows what's, go, you know, what's been trodden along this boardwalk. But, you know, I mean, I really couldn't catch anything. But Jesus, he reached out to this leper, and he really could have caught something, leprosy. But yet Jesus saw someone who was different from him. And it didn't stop him from having compassion and reaching out to this man. You know, in Luke chapter ten, we see a story, and we all—we're probably all very familiar with this story. You know, if we know a lot about the Bible or not, but it's a story of the Good Samaritan. And basically, what happens: a guy comes along. It's a parable, and he, hes walking on a road from uh, from from uh, Jerusalem to uh, uh, to. Uh, Damascus and in, and in between and sorry to, to Samaria, and uh, he gets attacked by some some robbers and we all know the story what happens he 's lying he, he can 't help himself he 's totally helpless and a priest comes along and he walks over the other side, he looks at him he doesn 't want anything to do with him. Then a Levi comes along, who was like a helper in the temple, and he comes and he does nothing as well and he walks to the other side and carries on walking. But then a man from Samaria who was totally different from the man who was lying on the floor. I mean, they didn't even associate themselves with each other. They were a different breed of people. They were a different color. They were a different race. They had different customs, different religions. But yet this man, he saw a man in need and what did he do? He didn't walk to the other side but he did all he could to meet that need. And we see from the story what happened is this Samaritan, he goes and he takes this man to an inn where he can be taken care of. This man from Samaria, he didn't suddenly become his best friend. He didn't say, hey, come around on Sunday afternoon, we'll watch the game together and we'll watch the Ravens lose. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. And, uh, and, watch the Orioles lose, I should say. And, uh, he didn't say, hey, let's uh, have uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas together. He didn't say, let's go on a family vacation together. This man never even saw him ever again. But he saw a man in need and he reached out his hand and he met that need. You see, this is the heart of Jesus Christ. It's not just that we come together and we have a good time at church. It's not just that we have a good time with each other and we're committed to each other. The heart of Jesus is that we will reach out to those in need, whether they're like us or whether they're different from us. And we will help them where they're at. Compassion on those who are like us is commendable and necessary. But compassion on those who are different from us is life-changing. And it will change communities when a church decides to step out of their little comfort zone and reach out to those who are different. And then finally this morning, I believe that Jesus is dreaming of a church that reaches out Reaches out to those in need. Reaches out to those who are different. But also reaches out to disperse the darkness in our communities. You know, we live in a dark world. You just have to go into our schools and, uh, and, and, and see the darkness. in so some of our high schools. You have to go into our colleges and just see some of the darkness that people are living in. You have to go into some of the homes and see the darkness that people are living in you know the other day I was on the phone to a lady and uh, who has insurance and you know what we were her, her insurance agent and she was telling me that her husband two years ago didn't didn't s- suddenly stopped letting her see any of the mail that came through the door he got rid of the mailbox he got a PO box got a key he's the only one with the key She's not allowed to see any bills. She's not allowed to do anything. She's not allowed to leave the house without his permission. Suddenly, he just, he flipped. And she, she said, for two years, it's been like the worst nightmare of my life. And I'm like there, I'm like, I'm like okay. So I'm an insurance agent, but I'm also a pastor. And I'm like, and the agent should be like, well, ma'am, you haven't paid your insurance bill, but the pastor in me is like crying. I'm like on the phone, like, I can't take this. But every day, we come face to face With people who are living in darkness. People who are living in hurt. People who have no hope. And I believe that the church has been designed so that people no longer have to stumble around in the darkness trying to find meaning to life, trying to find hope in life. But I believe the church has been designed so that people can see light and life and the message of Jesus Christ. And when people have the message of Jesus Christ, they suddenly go from walking around in darkness, whether it's spiritual darkness, or, or it's, it's just darkness that, that is covering their lives and their families and their jobs. And they suddenly become open to the light. And if you have Jesus Christ in your life this morning, I believe that you have His light in you. You know, in Matthew chapter 5, in verse 13 and 14, it says this. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as, wor- as worthless. Then he says this, and he's speaking to people who follow him, Christ's followers, people in the church. And he says, you are the light of the world, a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Did you see that? He says, let your light shine before men and the good deeds that you do everybody will see and then they will see your heavenly Father. I believe that God is desiring a church that is passionate about being switched on. What good is there a light bulb if there's no switch on? I mean... There's no point in having a light if it's not switched on. And every one of us this morning, we are a light. Whether we know it or not, we are a light to this dark world. We have the life of Christ in us. And as the life of Christ in us, we will shine. And there's a dark world and we will illuminate this dark world with the very light of God. And unless we are switched on or switch ourselves on to the things around about us, then we will never be the light that God intended for us to be. And so many of us, we're not switched on. And I ask you today, are you switched on to those hurting people in your employment or in your school? Are you switched on to the homeless man as you walk through Baltimore City? And there's a lot of them. Are you switched on to the woman you see in the store who's distressed, who can't cope, her kids are just screaming, she's got like 50 million kids and they're just running havoc? Are you switched on to the marriage that may be failing? Are you switched on to the schoolboy who's being bullied? Are you switched on to the wife down the street who may be battered? Are you switched on to the man who has gone through so much stress, he's thinking of taking his life. Are you switched on to the family that's crumbling financially? Are you switched on to that one who has a chronic illness and has no hope left in life? Are you switched on? Because if you're switched on, you will be a light that will illuminate the darkness. But if you're not switched on, then you will not be what God intended you to be. And that is a light that will shine. Not just a little light that will give a little, you know, a little bit of light, but a light that will shine from a hilltop that all this community will see. That God is in you. And there is life and there is hope through God and through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is dreaming of a world, of, of a church that shines its light to make a difference. Because He knows when His light is shine, shone, Darkness is dispersed. And when darkness is dispersed, people will see an all-loving, an all-powerful, an all-saving God with His arms wide open saying, come unto me and I will give you rest. I will give you hope and I will give you life. So God isn't expecting you to be the next Mother Teresa. He's asking you to reach out your hand and help those in need. Have compassion on those who aren't like you. And be a light that shines. Every time you stretch out your hand, you make a difference. Not just for today, but for tomorrow, for generations to come. I want to read you this little story as we close. In the 1930s, a young traveler was exploring the French Alps. He came upon a vast stretch of barren land. It was desolate. It was forbidden. it was ugly. It was the kind of place you hurry away from. Then suddenly, the young traveler stopped dead in his tracks. In the middle of this vast wasteland, there was a bent over old man. On his back, there was a sack of acorns. In his hands, there was a four-foot length of iron pipe. This man was using the pipe to punch holes. Into the ground. Then the sack, then, in the, then he would take his sack, and from it he would take an acorn and he would put it in the hole. Later, the old man said to the traveler, I've planted over a hundred thousand acorns. He said, Perhaps only a tenth of them will grow. He says, But my wife and my son have died, and this is how I have chosen to spend the final years of my life. He said, I want to do something. Useful. 25 years later passed. And now the young traveler was not so young. And he returned to the same desolate area. And what he saw amazed him. He could not believe his own eyes. The land was covered with beautiful forests. Two miles wide. Five miles long. He said birds were singing. Animals were playing. And wild flowers were perfuming the air. The traveler stood there, recalling the desolation that once was. A peaceful oak forest stood there now, all because someone cared. Every time you help someone in need, whether little, whether big, whether someone like you, someone different from you, whether you're just switching that light on that God has given you, it's like planting those acorns. And you may not see anything today. You may not see anything tomorrow. You may not even see anything next year or in five years' time. But eventually, you will see something. And what you will see, you will see that little seed, that little acorn, has been growing underground. And a little sprout will just come out. And over the years that sprout will grow into an incredible oak tree. And you won't just bring life to one person. But like that forest that that traveler saw, he said, suddenly I didn't just see trees, I saw birds, I saw wildflowers, I saw animals. And that one little good deed that you may do, that one little thing that you may do just to reach out, will cause In years to come, it will cause life just not to the person you're reaching out to, but all the people that they will impact as well. God is desiring a church that just doesn't do outreach, but daily reaches out. And so, those cards that you've got, that's something that we're going to be doing in the next couple of months. We're going to be partnering with this organization in the UK, and we're going to put our own little spin on it. And, uh, and, and so, because, you know, it's all, U- all in the UK and some of the people in this community probably wouldn't understand some of the terminology that they use. But we're going to do this. And we're going to ask every one of us, when we go out, start opening our eyes to those needs. Start seeing those needs. And start helping being a solution to those needs. You notice I didn't say, we're going to go out and evangelize the world. We're not going to take the cards and give them a little track and say, and now I've you know, given you a Starbucks, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. No, that's something we're going to talk about next week. Because Jesus, he came to bring a world back to God. But not everything he did was evangelism. Some of it was just plain old compassion. And a world will not hear your words of evangelism unless they see your heart of compassion. Compassion. So today as we go out today, go out knowing that you have the ability to be a light in the darkness. You have the ability to let your light shine so that someone who is hurting Someone who is in darkness. Someone who is without hope. Will see the very light of God. And through Him they will have a transformation. Where their life will be changed. And they will suddenly find hope in God.